listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. At Rx Safe, we believe in improving patient health by challenging conventional wisdom, upending the status quo, and transforming the retail pharmacy industry. Our innovative technology solutions are designed to accelerate your pharmacy's success and change the way you do business. We develop long-term partnerships with pharmacies and other industry innovators to help attract new customers, create additional revenue streams, and transform the traditional pharmacy model. Become the adherence packaging leader in your community and practice at the top of your pharmacy license. Get started today. Visit rxsafe.com. That's rxsafe.com to learn more. This may or may not surprise you, but three out of five nursing homes, that's 61% throughout the United States, have limited new admissions due to staffing shortages, according to a survey that was conducted by the American Healthcare Association, the National Center for Assisted Living, of 759 nursing home providers that were part of that survey. This is a call out to our community pharmacies. And it's not the first time you've been called upon. You are the the conduits of health in your communities. You are healthcare destinations in your communities. And we all know how community pharmacy and pharmacy in general is really transforming. It's on the fast track. We just got back from Diversify RX Profit Summit in Dallas. It was amazing. It taught me a lot about what my clients need in order to tr- properly communicate to community pharmacies. And that's actually going to be even a, a follow-up uh, show probably that we'll be talking about that. But today is a special opportunity for us to listen in to three people that I have a huge amount of admiration for and bring pieces of a puzzle that we have to be cognizant of to prepare for what's coming. I want to introduce Dr. Adam Robinson. Um, Debbie uh, Marcello and Dr. Lisa Fast, and I thank you so much for coming today discussing the evolution of home care and community pharmacy. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Todd. Yes, thanks, Todd, for bringing us all together. So let's jump in. I want to start with Adam because you have a unique community pharmacy that, in fact, has invested in a nurse practitioner. I got to meet Holly at the at the Diversify show, which was was awesome. But you saw a need in your community specifically around other services that weren't being provided and or the primary care, which is our quarterbacks, they're just overwhelmed. They're getting sacked. Right. Early. Absolutely. Because it's, it's okay, football season's coming. So I wanted to right. <laughs> gotta use the analogy. That's right. Man. So <laughs> I want you to just jump right out for our listeners and let them know what are you doing? That's safe, right? And and how are you leveraging this nurse practitioner to help help your your patients and your customers? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're a traditional independent pharmacy in a small rural area. Um, there's so many of those out in the country, and our providers, just like you said, are just completely overwhelmed. And when COVID hit, and even after COVID subsided, we were still seeing people that they just they couldn't get in. I mean, hey, I've got you know, code, flu, whatever, um, sprain an ankle, and I got to wait two days. Um, on the flip side of that, there were some other areas of healthcare that we saw weren't being met. We had quite a few patients that were coming in that wanted natural care. 
They wanted, um, you know, holistic, something different. So me and my business partner sit down and I had this wonky idea of, of uh, actually putting in a, a clinic in the pharmacy, which we've seen those in some bigger chains. They're more like an urgent care type clinic, which we don't really have that in our area either. So uh, we bounced some ideas around and, and looked at different things to do. And I was very fortunate. I had a really good friend that was a nurse practitioner here in town um, and kind of spit the idea to her and it just took off. Um, and we actually hired a nurse practitioner in a pharmacy, which for as long as I can remember, seems really counterintuitive as well. Um, and, and there's so many benefits now that we're seeing to that, but yeah, we've opened a, a holistic functional medicine, acute care cash based clinic inside of our pharmacy. Um, and she's rocking and rolling. And so we're changing the way healthcare looks and, and our providers here in town are still providing excellent service, but now we're meeting needs to people who didn't either have a, a primary care um, or they wanted something different that wasn't available. They'd have to drive hours away to get it. So, um, you know, I just, you know me, you've talked to me long enough that if something kind of seems weird, let's try it and see if it works. So it's it's sticking so far. So. Thank you, um, Debbie. I am so excited that you have now been um, inducted officially into the community pharmacy world and the champion that you are for home care services and how you recognize something when you built this company as a as a deficit to helping people that didn't want to go to a nursing home. They didn't need the skilled services per se that some of the nursing homes are critical in providing for people that really need the intricacy of care. But there's those other, you know, people out there that they live in their home. They they want to stay there. They want to be in their community but they do need some help. And you recognize something with the launch and the in, in the coming together of your team through Happier at Home. And now you're here, you're, you're part of not only our pharmacy community, but you're part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network now. And I'm so excited about the education that you're gonna bring to our listeners and to our pharmacy owners out there. But what do you recognize happening in the United States with regards to that balance between um, you know, the nursing home and the home care and where community pharmacy has an opportunity. Well, thank you so much. And I am so excited to be a part of this uh, community. And I started getting involved a couple of years ago and meeting you, Todd, was one of the best things I have to say happened uh, because you do connect all of us and you are genuine and you want to help uh, pharmacy owners uh, to grow and prosper. So um, one of the things, so I started Happier at Home, I'd say about 17 years ago now. And I started it in Rochester, New York, where I'm coming to you from today. Uh, but one of the main things that I noticed with our franchisees that are also pharmacy owners is that they had this natural uh, trust within their community and their customer base that was coming in that are coming into their retail locations. So um, I spoke with many pharmacy owners who said that they did refer patients of theirs out to home care agencies. Now, that's great to form partnerships, but that's also an opportunity for our pharmacy owners to become uh, a, an 
uh, and offer services that allow their customers to stay in their home and allow you to expand into home and community-based services where you're becoming, and we all together in this podcast, all of our professions brought together, we're, we're showing our pharmacy owners how to become that one-stop shop for, uh, for their customers. And what Adam was describing is just incredible. Um, I love, love those ideas. And he's obviously very entrepreneurial. Those are the type of people that really will uh, step outside the box, think outside the box, and look for ways that they could, um, opportunities where they could help their customers and help solve their problems. So um, what I noticed with my company is that um, any of our community pharmacy owners that have become happier at home franchisees and started home care services have taken off so quickly, uh, even in comparison to our individuals that became franchisees. But uh, you have that natural connection with your community. You have the natural connection with discharge planners, your doctor's offices, transitional care units. Um, So then you're also giving your doctor's office that um, perhaps their patients are coming to you. You're giving them that peace of mind that you could provide and help uh, them with a very safe discharge home and help them to reduce readmissions and help them. One of the main things is to increase their medication compliance as well. Thank you. Thank you for the introduction. We're excited that you're here. Lisa, one of my most favorite people in the pharmacy industry and what you've done, what you've built. Um, and you did it, you did it because you were a community pharmacy and you saw deficits in marketing planning and building new revenue streams and, you know, balancing your, your business checkbook the right way that you're supposed to be. And, and what you've done with DiversifyRx is just so exciting. We, we attended the very first, we attended the second, we're going to keep being there every year. We have some surprises, I believe, for the, for the third annual coming up uh, in, in August of, of 2023. But what, what about home care and the opportunity that you see in, in communities throughout the country uh, for community pharmacy jumping into um, doing more for their uh, communities through home care? I think the, the the word, the theme word of what's happening in our industry right now is options. Everybody is looking for options. Everybody wants options. Everybody wants to evaluate options. You know, from the patient perspective, they want the option of staying home. They want the option of paying for the care that they want. Um, Adam mentioned, you know, cash-based services for his functional medicine clinic. We just want options. And as pharmacy owners, we want options for revenue streams and different ways that we can take care of our patients. That's why I actually first started compounding in my pharmacy because I wanted the option to be able to take care of patients in a different way. And so to me, I think that magic word options is really what's happening here. And people like Debbie that are bringing happier at home to pharmacy owners and uh, trailblazers like Adam that are showing that you can be successful, even in states like Kentucky, where people say, oh, the you know medium income isn't high enough. You offer a service that somebody wants, they're going to be willing to pay for it. And so it's about providing the right options for yourself as a business owner and the right options for your patients that 
they'll they'll actually want to pay you for it. And to me, that's that's the magic here is when you when you delve in the world of cash based services you no longer are beholden to that third party. And so now you're able to offer services that people want and they'll just willingly pay for them and we all get to go home and sleep well at night. And so to me, that's that's the magic that's really happening here is, is we are creating options for our community and actually options for ourselves. I think of that term in contracting called first right of <laughs> refusal where if you set up a contract the right way, you have the opportunity to say no before you pass it to someone else. And therein lies the option. You now, as a community pharmacy, have new options to offer your community. And if you didn't want to take the opportunity based on whatever, you can pass it to someone else. But at least the option is there. So I like the way that you've keyed, keyed into the today's keyword is options. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, everybody's got to have a theme word for the year, right? That's the popular right. thing to do. Our our industry is just, uh, I, I really truly believe because there are more options now than ever before. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got, I mean, gosh, Adam showed at the Pharmacy Profit Summit of how, you know, hiring Holly, how that has just opened so many things from point of care testing to vaccines to mole removals or, you know, all the different kinds of things that they're doing. Right. And that's, and those are options that didn't exist before. And I think there's more opportunity for pharmacy owners and, you know, to join a franchise system like Happier at Home, which you're absolutely right, Debbie, that pharmacy owner has all of those key connections that mm -hmm. is absolutely needed to be successful in that. And it just becomes an extension of the services that you offer as a part of your pharmacy. Mm -hmm. So we know that the adherence packaging has proved it's proven itself time and time again as a way to simplify medication management as well as increasing adherence. I want to shift back to um, Adam and just get your feedback on, you know, you combined the, the community pharmacy services, the adherence services, you now have an option to have in-home care services. How does adherence play into that? How does this adherence packaging play into building simplicity for your clients and customers? You know, uh, <clears throat> pharmacists, um, I think we do a really good job of, of taking a problem and shifting it and turning it into a good thing. And one of the problems that we ran into in the independent world for years was adherence. Um, and then we started getting docked on adherence from insurance companies. Um, and so people started going to sync programs and med packaging and so forth. And what I've seen is, in a, in a weird way, COVID has made people more um, knowledgeable of their health. They want to know more about their health, but they also want to take control of their health. And um, adherence packaging has helped us help the patient um, obviously be adherent, but they're not coming into the pharmacy as much, which sounds weird, but they actually really like that because they're not, you know, more people are using drafters, more people are, are just being cognizant of that. Um, and then on the flip side, from the business side, what we've done with our adherence packaging is with our clinic, you know, somebody comes in, this, it's on a functional medicine side, there's so many vitamins and supplements that people can take. It can get pretty confusing. Um, and so we've, we've put in this, this program to help ease that confusion for patients. So we're, you know, we really educate them on what they're taking, but then we make it super simple for them to actually take it. 
Um, and I, I think that's just been a big part of pharmacy for a long time as more people are getting more medicine and it's just really confusing. So it, it helps us put the knowledge back in their hand, make them feel comfortable with what they're doing, what they're taking. Um, and they feel better that they're actually doing something better for their health, if that makes sense. Um, but that's what we're seeing on our end is, is people are just, they actually, the anxiety is going away with adherence packaging, which then in turn causes a healthier patient, um, less worries, less stress. Um, and, and, and so we're just seeing, seeing smiles that walk into the door because of adherence packaging and, and the other things, other services that we can provide. So, so, um, one of the ways that, um, having home care, um, and the compliance packaging that can work together is for those that, yes, the compliance packaging serves a need, but for those that have uh, memory issues or dementia, mm -hmm. um, they may forget to take that, but having yep. a caregiver to be able to remind them to do that, this is how you help with the entire continuum and how we all work together and our services fit so well together. So. Mm -hmm. As I said, I, my word for the, or my phrase for the month, one-stop shop. We, you all as pharmacy owners can provide so many services to be that one-stop shop for everyone. Give them their options to be able to remain in their home and independent. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the caregivers, a lot of our patients that are on strip packaging are being taken care of, and we're actually communicating directly with the caregivers. And we're just relieving so much stress because that's a very stressful thing is to take care of someone. Um, and, and we're just, we're helping with that from the adherence packaging and the other programs. Um, so all around it's, it's just, you know, like that networking, everybody's getting together and we're actually starting to do what we've been wanting to do for so long and help each other at every level. So. Yeah. Amen. Reading my mind, Debbie, because I was about to say, you know, you have the strip packaging, you have it, some of these boxes are beautifully designed where it gives the directions and it gives the phone number if you have a question back to the pharmacy and it's easier to read because it's bigger than a tiny little vial. And the very first thing I thought when you and I first started talking was, oh my goodness, you know, I've heard pharmacy owners like one of my favorites, Sean Naren here in Pittsburgh. And he's like, I can't go into the home and force my patients to remember to take their meds. And now I'm like, Debbie can though. <laughs> John can't. Yeah. And our can our caregivers cannot touch the medication. So they can't open the vials right. and administer. Um, so this is where then having that package ready to go and the caregivers knowing what time to give the medication reminder at really helps and just we're helping everyone in the system including the whole entire healthcare system uh with the compliance just being non-compliant as you all know is one of the it, it probably the biggest reason for people bouncing back into the hospital uh going into nursing home having falls so very very important the work that you guys are doing and I'll piggyback off of that real quick. It's not only the adherence and taking their medication. These caregivers are also giving us, are educating us on how the patient's actually doing and what's going on. So we get just as much back from them as we give to them. 
Um, and that, that has been crucial for our adherence packaging program. Uh, things that have changed direction. They're not on this anymore. They have a UTI, whatever's going on. So uh, having someone to talk to directly has been huge, has been a huge success for our patient's health um, that, that knows what's going on. Excellent. Lisa, when you think of the different, because every single one of your clients that have come to you and have asked, you know, well, what about pharmacogenomics or what about blood testing or what about, you know, home care services? There's such a mixture. There's never one pharmacy, I'm sure, that you work with that's doing exactly the same. But when I think of adherence and home care combined, I think of not only the word option, but the word opportunity to build this out. What do you think of this for, um, in general, for community pharmacy to get deeper into home care as really a business opportunity? I think for most retail independent pharmacy owners, this is going to be a really good fit. And, you know, and it is important to point out there is no one magic bullet that will fit every single pharmacy, no matter how good the opportunity. But for this one with the home care, that typical retail pharmacy has that mix of elderly, of people that are in their 30s and 40s and taking care of their kids and taking care of their parents. And there's just that need because you are that community pharmacy. Your pharmacy is a, you know, a cross hatch of what your community is reflecting. And so most pharmacy owners are going to have this subset of patients that need help. And there is a need out there, you know, that that options, they're looking for something different. Going into a home, um, I, you know, I'm in a lot of uh, fire groups, you know, financial independence groups. And one of the biggest burdens that most people worry about when it comes to retiring is taking care of either an elderly parent or taking care of themselves in some sort of facility because of the costs. It's like, oh, well, I, you know, to qualify for Medicaid, there's a five-year look back and, you know, all these different things. And it's very complicated, whereas many don't know that there is this middle ground. And they, they often ask in these homes, well, why can't I just get help in my home? And it's like, I sometimes answer, well, you can, you know, there, there are options out there. And so a lot of people think it's just two ends of the spectrum. I'm either completely independent or I need full-time care. And there really is a whole middle area that is all shades of gray. Uh, that pharmacy owners can really help facilitate. And we all know that the whole well-being of a patient is much more than just their medications. Yes, that is a critical part, but it's also their social well-being and their mental well-being and their emotional well-being. And I think there's been proven time and time and again, when patients are in their own home and they're able to take care of part and take part in their regular social activities, their regular uh, schedules that they've been on for years, that they're going to be happier. That's why I love the name happier at home. They're going to be happier and more well-rounded human beings. And therefore their healthcare part, the part that we focus on is going to follow along even better. And so it's really about taking care of that entire patient and giving them that option um, that fits also their budget and fits their lifestyle, which I think is really important. And so I think it's pretty cool that pharmacy owners can now kind of extend that care into that population because, as you said, the, the baby boomers are not slowing down aging. Um, aging is one of the things that's guaranteed to happen, and there's many more behind them. And so I think this is a big opportunity um, for years and decades to come for pharmacy owners. Agreed. You know, yeah. Debbie, I, I want you to, to share with our listeners kind of a little bit about how this works, because there's one aspect of this that 
quickly came um, to my mind, and that was quality control. And most of the pharmacy owners that I've met since I've been in pharmacy for a long time, almost 20 years, I can't believe I feel like I'm getting old. Um, so is, is the quality control issue. So if I'm a community pharmacy owner and I have this high level of customer service and, you know, I'm very, very attuned to what my, what my patients need versus the big box chain pharmacies that is more about the numbers than it is really about that individual patient and community pharmacies take pride in that. They also take pride in leveling up the care that they're giving and it's very controllable when it's in the pharmacy. And then they go out to the community and they say, Hey, Jane Smith has this nursing home care, you know, service, um, we're going to partner up with her. However, Jane Smith doesn't adhere to maybe the same levels of quality that a community pharmacy would expect their clients to receiving. Now, Happier at Home comes in and you've built this franchise. And now that community pharmacy has that ability to control things like, you know, messaging and levels of quality and checks. And what Adam just said, being able to communicate and know well, what's happening with, you know, Mrs. Uh, Gillicuddy? Um, it, well, she actually has a urinary tract infection. Let's let's make sure that the primary care knows about that and let's get her a, a pack tomorrow of, of whatever medication over the counter or whatever it is. But I think that sense of control and quality is now an opportunity to extend services outside the six, four, eight walls, depending on how big your pharmacy is, right into the home. So can you kind of speak to how, how it actually works? Sure. Um, <clears throat> with our pharmacy owners that have be become um, franchisees, oftentimes the pharmacy owners themselves are just too busy. You know, they're the vision for which way, which uh, direction their companies are going. So what we've noticed is that our new franchisees have chosen either hired from within their own pharmacy. Uh, I know one of our pharmacy owners in Alabama, he had a nurse that was acting as a patient, um, uh, a technologist, sorry, pharmacy tech, I want to say patient care tech, uh, a pharmacy tech. And um, he tapped her on the shoulder to run his happier at home business. So he had the confidence in her and uh, we provide the training and continued support, of course, um, and continued education for making sure that the pharmacy is continuing with that level of quality that they're used to as well. Um, in addition, I mean, being able to provide all of the paperwork and the marketing materials and the branding, all of that is, is done, which is the beauty of a franchise. Um, but one of the aspects of Happier at Home is yes, you provide that in-home care, but there's also an aspect of care advocacy or some call it case management as well. So uh, having that person who's spearheading your Happier at Home business would be making sure that he or she is um, 
writing up a care plan to be sure that all of these little pieces that are out there uh, to include making sure they go to their doctor's appointments and they follow their med medical regimen. Uh, the family is involved if they, if they want to be in the fit in the customer wants them to be. Uh, so it's, it's also the care advocacy uh, involved in that. And we are always making sure that we're checking in with our franchisees to see if they need any support. Uh, we receive, even with our franchisees that are pharmacy owners that have been open with Happier at Home for five years, they still call us and ask for advice on certain uh, maybe issues that come up that they haven't dealt with before. But they're also looking for ways to use Happier at Home to expand their customer base for their community pharmacy location too. So um, the, the quality issue is not such an issue. Um, we give that uh, the training on recruiting the right caregivers, the profile of the caregiver that works best with seniors. And um, that's always one of the biggest questions is, is the hiring aspect of it. But uh, our training is all inclusive. We have processes for everything, I'm a very big process person. So everything is um, in detail, trained, written down. And um, if you follow the process, it's going to work. So what do you think the challenges will be? Um, I'm gonna ask this of Adam first, uh, because I always like to try to present the pros and the cons to really anything. And, you know, as Lisa said, there's never one size you know fits all. But what do you see as challenges in your community, um, Adam, if you started to expand your in-home care services in order to rinse and repeat so that you can deliver more uh, home care services to other patients throughout your community? Um, well, we actually thought about that when we were putting our clinic in, right? So we had to think about that. What are those challenges? From a independent pharmacy owner, I feel like I've talked to enough pharmacists, and Lisa can probably attest to this, that we don't really like to step on people's toes. So I think the first challenge is a mindset that we're going to upset our local physicians, our local practitioners. Um, you know, that there are home care companies out there that are maybe sending us some business, and we don't really want to upset the apple cart. Um, and and I completely understand that, but there's such a, a professional and tactful way to do this. And, and Debbie can, I mean, her company can help with that, but we can take care of the people that aren't being taken care of. There's so many more people that are not being taken care of. So the first challenge is a mindset. Uh, the second one is just doing it right. Um, that's one of the reasons why we decided to put a clinic in, which, which goes along with the same kind of stuff with the home care is I'm now helping more patients, but I have direct access to what we're doing in the pharmacy versus the clinic. Whereas before I had to, uh, make phone calls, see see providers out, um, out in town, you know, hire marketers, do all this kind of stuff. And so, if you was to put in a franchise at, at, at home care in your business, just think about how much you can control with that. But, you know, again, the, the first thing is as a pharmacist and an owner is we don't 
we don't want to upset the apple cart and we have to um we have to understand that there are really good ways to not do that um and if you do it's it is what it is you're you're providing service for your patients so don't ever let that hinder that if that makes sense that's that's what we saw with the clinic that's what we were anticipating with the clinic and um we have avoided with the clinic because we did our due diligence and and just went for it so i'm glad you mentioned what you did adam because i've heard that from other pharmacy owners i've built a relationship and network of you know a couple home care agencies and if i implemented this it might become you know conflictive or i might start right. and it kind of goes back to my goodness the the politics of what you know i mm -hmm. built as the first podcast and gathering up if you want to be frustrated try to herd you know 50 different voices over a period of 30 days to 30 days of coming up with great content and scheduling and you know and someone launches another podcast and you know you're you're working in the same vein of topics and right. i'm just like listen i'm going to continue moving forward for my business because i know what my goal is i know the end in mind for me is getting better patient care to more people as quickly as possible and i happen right. to be biased so i hope that it's the pharmacist doing it but regardless um mentioning that gets eclipsed by what i'm going to tell our listeners next and that is something came out in um, a local newspaper the star tribune which focuses on minnesota and it says Minnesotians, I hope I said that right, with disabilities are facing growing waits for home care uh, services amid surge in demand. And they said more than 1,600 people are suffering with a list of services that they need, with a list of um, you know, chronic conditions that they have that they desperately need home care. Some of that a little bit more skilled than, than not, but they still need someone to check on them. They still need someone to come into the home for light cleaning they still need someone to to stop by to you know to to check on some condition that's there there the article goes on about dizziness and dementia and and the wait times and and the whole system is scrambling so if you're listening and you're from minnesota boy you um you could reference this article and share it with your primary care doctors who trust you as a community pharmacy provider and call up debbie as quickly as possible because I mean you there's a huge opportunity and there's a deficit of care and that that's what it is there's there's um, a need and now there is an option to grow this subset of your business out and add into it everything you've done along the way everything that you've added year after year um, many of the ideas and and services and programs coming from uh, your team uh, Lisa through diversify rx so this is not a flash in the pan this is literally not only here to stay but it's almost like you don't have to decide do i want to get into it you should look at your community and maybe take a the need and and say what's the need of the community because nope. you you maybe you should get into it without it being yeah. like really an option but lisa I that's wanna... exactly let me jump in here real quick todd that's exactly what we did a couple years ago and it sounds really rudimentary right now but kentucky has these protocols that we can do for flu and strep testing and literally it's come in administer a flu test if they're positive and they meet this criteria we can dispense medication why did my I, I, 
one of our pharmacies, they, they were like, man, I really don't want to step on the practitioner's toes and that's easy money for them or whatever. And I'm like, how many people aren't seeing anybody? And so I, I did my due diligence. I decided I wanted to do it. I contacted my practitioners in my town and I told them, Hey, I'm going to do this. I don't want your patients. I want the people who are not being served. And half of them said, that's a great service. The other half of them said I needed to go to med school. And, but now they're sending those patients to me because they can't see them. They're too busy. So, you know, so you have to step out and you have to do what's right by the patient and, you know, you pray about it, you, you work on it, you do your diligence and it will all work out. Um, and you just have to take that step. So sorry, Lisa, I jumped in front of you. (laughs) No, I I couldn't agree more. That has always been my North star. I'm like you, Mm -hmm. um, as a pharmacy owner, Adam, that, you know, I try to try to keep everybody happy, but ultimately Mm -hmm. I'm here to serve my patients. And if there's a service that I can bring, um, I remember that was the exact same argument that we went through as pharmacists when we first got vaccination status, right? where we could do vaccinations on our own. And um, so many pharmacists, I was in California at the time, were just like, oh, we don't want to upset, you know, this doctor and that doctor. And I was like, but what are all those patients that aren't getting vaccinated? You know, I come from an abundance mindset rather than a scarcity mindset. And Mm -hmm. I always believe you can make the pizza pie bigger rather than the slices smaller. And that's just, that's just my my personal stance on life. And so I think that that's the, the way to go. And I think whether it's home health care, whether it's compounding, whether it's point of care testing, no matter what the issue is, I think that we as pharmacists, that is one of our mindset barriers. I think the other one, Todd, you know, you'd asked um, Adam about, you know, what are those barriers to entry? I think Adam hit many of them right on the head. And I think the one that I hear the most about, because I usually talk to them about the business aspect is, are people actually going to pay for this? Because we're so ingrained that people complain about a $10 copay and why is it not a $5 copay that we think that they're not going to pay for cash services. And so all of these wonderful cash revenue opportunities that are out there, and there's many of them, uh, they exist and they exist because people are willing to pay for them. And there's plenty of people that are willing to pay for um, keeping a loved one or keeping themselves at home and having that additional help and support in inside the home, as opposed to paying even more for a facility. We just, um, there's always a more expensive alternative. And sometimes I think pharmacists shop with our own wallets, our own mindsets, our own purview of it, rather than just giving the opportunity to our patients to um, make that choice for themselves. Like we pre-screen the options for them. And so therefore we never present them the opportunity to give us additional business. And I think that's one of the big mindsets that pharmacy owners need to push aside is to present the opportunity and let their customers, let their patients in their community, tell them what they're willing to spend money on. And, you know, Adam has seen that opening the clinic um, in Kentucky, pretty rural Kentucky. I mean, in the sense of like, you you know, you're, you're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, that's how most Kentucky is. Um, And there's many that are just like him that are, that are doing that and offering cash services and people are willing to pay for the services that they want. And that, that's what I did on the cash part. And I mean, we could have a whole other podcast on that. And I think I've listened to so many of your podcasts about it. But I explained, again, it's all about explanation to the physicians, your providers, your competition, your friends, and to the patients. We explained when we opened the clinic why we weren't taking insurance. We don't want any option left on the table. And that, that was it. And that worked. And so just like these franchise, the happier at home and all this, you know, 
we can bill insurance, but we can offer these other services. And if we explain why patients will listen, if they expect a copay when they come in and they don't get it, then they, they get aggravated. But if they say, you know, I, now I know why it's cheaper if I did X, Y, Z, or I'm going to pay a little bit more because you're offering the service. It's because I explained that to them. And, um, you know, with, with the way pharmacy world is recently, just as crazy and hectic as it's been, um, we, we have to do that. And those cash models are out there and they're ready. To, they're ready to pay you to take care of them because they know you're going to do it right. And, and Lisa mentioned that the options here, we're looking at home care that's a private pay source of revenue cash. And if you look at the options for that, they are much more expensive. I mean, mm -hmm. people are saving their, uh, their life savings up for what? Because they would, would they rather use it to remain in their home and independent? Or are they going to blow $220,000 in 12 months on nursing home care? And then after you pay for private pay for a nursing home for one year, the possibility remains that you are switched on to Medicaid, but then your options are reduced with the amount of uh, options that you have for choosing which nursing home to be in. So, and as far as um, talking about uh competition and maybe there are those in the community that will frown upon it because uh, they own a home care company. Um, there are uh, ways that you could work together with own other home care companies. So if you have a home health care company that is uh, providing wound care, occupational therapy, physical therapy, those are still going to be referral partners for you. Um, oftentimes, there may be Medicare-based payments for some of these companies, and then the patients want options to choose a different company to private pay. And, you know, they may not have the income coming in as elders at that time, but so many of them are the millionaire next door. They have this huge nest egg saved up and this is the time for them to be able to use it to achieve their goals of being able to stay as independent, independent as possible and uh, remain in their homes as well. Well, I would sit and talk with the three of you all day long, but we promise our listeners that we try to keep it short and and uh, it's definitely been sweet. So we, we delivered that, but I wanna thank um, Adam. I wanna thank Debbie, Lisa, thank you so much for everything that you're doing for Community Pharmacy. I wanna give a shout out to RxSafe for our sponsorship today and just being a constant, consistent provider of technology to support our community pharmacies with medical um, grade, leveled up professional grade um, medication adherence packaging. The creativity that comes from that team is is absolutely phenomenal. If you haven't looked into RxSafe yet, just go. It's simple to remember, rxsafe.com. We're going to have uh, links to uh, getting in touch with Debbie in this uh, podcast, as well as um, shout out to Adam and his team, as well as Diversify Rx. So, if you're driving, jogging, don't worry. Um, you'll get back and you'll find us in all the podcast platforms and you can find their contact information. But a shout out to our community pharmacy owners and the pharmacists out there, as well as our technicians. 
We absolutely love you. Um, we're here for you. If there's anything that you ever need from us, please reach out to us at Pharmacy Podcast. But thank you all for being here today. Thank you, Todd. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. You all are incredible.